0: What's up party people? You know one of the worst things about being a self-employed performer? That's right, it's your tax. If you're sick and tired of collecting all your receipts and guessing your way through your tax rebate, well, I know the people that can remove the stress and make it as simple as 5, 6, 7, 8. That's right, it's Theat Accounts. They're an accounting company that specialize in working with performers. So they know all the things that we can claim back and it's so simple. You upload your invoices and bank statements to their website and they do all the work for you. It's cheap, it's easy, and once you try it, I guarantee you will not regret it. It has changed my tax life. Just email info at theatreaccounts.co.uk. That's Theat, T-H-E-A-T, accounts. So again, that's info at theateraccounts.co.uk. Make sure you tell them you're from the In's and Out's podcast and you'll get some five-star VIP treatment. You will get treated like a king. Honestly, they've changed my life. They've made it so much easier. They've removed the stress from tax and they can do the same for you. Boom. The Inns and Outs Podcast with your host, Kane Silver. In this episode of the Inns and Outs Podcast, I speak to professional dancer Leanne LeMay. She tells us how she got into dance, what it was like going to Lane's Theatre Arts. She also tells us about how she booked a dream job right out of college, and she tells us a very funny story about an audition. We talk about moving to LA, and then she tells us about what it's like to be an assistant choreographer. Please leave us a rating and review on iTunes and share the podcast with your friends and family. Here is my good friend, Leanne Limay.
1: Leanne! Hello!
0: Yeah, it has been forever.
1: It's been ages.
2: Ages. How are you?
1: I'm really good, thank you. How are you?
2: Cheers. I've just finished a full Cheers. day of teaching, so I'm having a side. Yes, yeah,
1: you did. Oh, I feel like I need a drink. I haven't got a drink.
2: Well, I mean, it you is a bit I'm early. Good. But I mean oh no.
1: <laughs> never too <laughs> early in the sunshine. Never too early.
2: Though. That's right. How have you been?
1: <laughs> really good. Really good. Um obviously we've been in this lockdown what? Three months now? Mm-hmm. Up and down. Mainly good days. Um, but definitely had some bad days. Mm. But it's fine. There's the sunshine's here, it's summer, things are loosening up and it's just been a journey. I think it's just been a lot of like thoughts and yeah. process and just trying to sort of control it I guess
2: yeah for me it's given me like a real like appreciation for uh, not just obviously family and seeing my friends and stuff but even just like the simple stuff where it's like let's go and do something for the day like let's yeah. go to the cinema or let's go bowling like the the stuff that I guess we took for granted like even for yeah. me like going to the gym I'm like the stuff which I'd be like oh it's just the daily occurrence like when, he, when you remove all the structure that I had in my life away from it, I was like, for the first two weeks, a bit like, this is strange. Yeah. Do you know what I mean?
1: And like you said, like, things like actually, perhaps maybe even going to the park or seeing friends, they're, like, actually special now. Yeah. And to not, never sort of take that for granted, like, I'll never not be bothered to go to class or never not be bothered to go and, you know, see some friends or, like, you know, just making the extra effort. It's like
2: you said, it's just appreciating those little things more. It it, it is, 100%. And, like, even jobs, like, think about, like, I can't, (laughs) like, it's so weird. Like, obviously money, but if you remove money from it, but, like, the satisfaction we get from going to a rehearsal, and we're really fortunate that 99.9% of the time we work with people that we love. So, like, even that, like, camaraderie or going into a rehearsal studio that you wake up at 6, 7 a.m. together and you're like, I can't be bothered today. Like, I miss having that thing to wake up for
1: oh 100 percent. there was the other day I think I was like planning to meet someone or go into. yeah I was meeting someone in the park and I was just running late and I, I even just forgot how that felt like to just sort of like get ready and like, I was, like I'm running late you know I forgot what this feeling you know felt like just...
2: I know it, it's weird but the thing is I think when we go back to normal we'll we'll obviously appreciate and be really grateful but I think we're going to be like hit with a sack of bricks like we're gonna be oh, like yeah. oh my god everything's so fast again like <laughs> oh, how...
1: yeah. where's my nap time <laughs> yeah
2: how did i do so much in a day yeah yeah you know, it's crazy it's crazy um thank you so much for coming on It's so i love that so for everyone listening when i asked leanne she went about time <laughs> about that i asked her oh she's buffering i don't know if it's oh, me yeah, oh sorry. Back. i was
1: like i wasn't sure whether it was me or not
2: it's all good um yeah so when I asked Leanne to come on she was like yeah finally and I've always wanted you to come on (laughs) (laughs) it's just I don't know I felt like I had to wait for the right time because for me and if people have listened to my podcast they'll know you you're a big influence at very right the very beginning of my career and not many people would know it if they if I haven't voiced it to them but I did my first ever job with you I asked you what you did
1: which one was that one George
2: Sampson Royal Variety Show um oh my
1: god yes i do remember my first that. ever
2: job and you had a 2xs t-shirt on and i was like you're in dance to excess and you were like yeah and you started explaining to me what dance to excess was and then my dream was to get into dance to excess and then i remember getting in dance to excess and not yeah. knowing anyone and you being like hey and being the only friendly person to me because i was like the new kid Aww. i was like oh my god and then there's a pinnacle moment which when we were in pineapple in john graham's class yeah. and i've told you it before and i'll never forget it where i was doing this class and it was super hard and i was really nervous because i was like the new kid and i remember looking at the floor being really like shy and timid and you coming up to me and being like you're really good you should be more confident like you're better than you think you are and i remember being like oh my god leanne said i'm really good like and it, <laughs> <laughs> and it was like a big yeah. confidence boost for me and it, honestly those things like that we say to people or those little nuggets they have huge effects and we don't even know they have them so for me to have you on it's really nice for me because maybe without your bits of inspiration on the way maybe I wouldn't have had my path so
1: thank you you're very welcome and I'm glad I was part of your journey and I think it's really important like you say to to make those comments and like you just feel sometimes you're in the industry and you're on your own you're in this big industry full of everyone crafting wanting to get to the top and sometimes it's nice just to take a step back and like you hear a comment you're like actually I am on the right path I am on the right journey Mm -hmm. I just yeah so I think it's nice and I still do that nowadays like when I still go to class and I see, see dancers and I've seen them improve so much I will always make an effort to sort of go up to them or message them and just be like look i think you've improved so much and like i'm mm. um, just like props to you and they're always like so appreciative of mm. it. speaking of class like, important
2: speaking yeah. of class i want to ask you because i did a, a podcast yesterday for someone else's yeah. podcast a girl called lydia and it's called red lips and high kicks so everyone go and check her podcast out it's really good okay um and she asked me what i thought about class now compared to when i first started and i I, I, I said it's very different because obviously we've got the, in, we're in the Instagram era where class is a yeah. show. And I, I used you actually as an example, you, Rebby and Kim. And I was like, the girls that I used to think were the, the, the top girls, the working girls, they never used to show up to class like glammed up to try and impress anyone. They came to class to train and to, have, yeah. to take class. They would come in their sweats. <laughs> like no one, was, no one was making an effort for class. We were just purely there to dance. Yeah. And we were saying how different it is now. But not in all classes, of course, but the majority, mm. if you look around like especially i mean I don't take lots of these classes, but I see them on Instagram. everyone's in a bikini and a cute outfit yeah. trying, to, trying to trying to live their best life, and obviously that's the the era we're in now, and we have to adapt to it because people mm. are getting recognized this way and being booked this way but what's your how do you see it what's it like for you from seeing the complete two sides of the the change it's a It's
1: a strange one'cause i i mean you know like what 12 13 years later I am still going to class Mm. and I definitely do this um I wear my hat and I'm literally there again I don't need to hear or see what everyone else is doing I literally go because I want to dance I want to actually be there and not tell someone what to do because I'm on a very different side now where I am assisting Mm -hmm. so some days like I am there just sort of leading the rehearsal so I just want to go to class and just dance now the Big difference, I think, again, like you're saying, the generation Instagram. Okay, so I understand why people need to get seen. Mm-hmm. There are, again, less auditions, and to get seen, you either have to be on camera, you have to promote yourself on Instagram. So at the same time, you know, back when we were training, we were there to train. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I do think people need, do need to get reminded as to why they go to class. Mm. And, you know, some people that do have their caps on do actually, like, take it seriously and go to class and actually want to be them, train. So what is the difference? I mean, it's a huge difference. I guess because a lot of people are filming now, so mm-hmm. people are wanting to get seen because there is less auditions. yeah. I guess we didn't um, film class. A hundred percent. And also it's like, I also did um, an R&D um, uh, chat a couple of weeks ago. And I basically I made a clear point of like, when we when we filmed each other in class. So back in the day when they were like, you know, Kim and Cisco, for example, would say, film yourself. It's really important. And still to this day, I will, if I've got a video of myself, I will go home and I'll watch it back. And I will Watch what I need to improve on, what I need to change. If my dynamics need to be different, if my timing's off, I think it's important to watch yourself and use it wisely instead of like being like, oh, I look cute. I'm going to upload that video. It's like, why have you filmed yourself? And then like, what can you get out of the next class once you've seen that video? So I think it's really important to to make sure you understand why you're filming yourself and not just... Mm
3: -hmm.
1: I'm just going to film myself to look here and upload it onto Instagram. Yeah. You know, like you said, like when we filmed ourselves, it was. Training purposes. Yeah, 100%.
2: It would be to go, Um, did I do it right? Did I match them? Were my levels correct? It was never. I mean, we didn't post because we didn't have the opportunity to. Maybe if we did, we would. And I'm not bashing that. It's just I got asked it and I was like, I don't know. It's a weird one for me. But I guess you were even before me. So you've seen a change as well.
1: And also I think as well, when I was 20, I was I was hungry for it and I just went to class and I didn't see anyone else. Mm. Like obviously I did see people, but if I was there, I was training and I wasn't like, you know, getting distracted with other things. Mm. Whereas now when I go to class, I can actually take that little step back and sort of watch who's there and what's going on. Um, so I think it's just a different part of, my life now
2: when i go to
1: class
2: yeah but i get just, just enjoy it yeah i i feel the same like i guess we're at different points in our career even when i go to take class now i'm not even going because i'm hungry dying to train now yeah. it's kind of now it's kind of like i go for fun
1: i mean yeah, i've always 100%. gone for fun
2: but now it's even more for fun now it's like yeah this is my de-stress this is my release this yeah. is my i get to just enjoy myself without worrying about it being a rehearsal or yeah. you know getting it perfect
1: and as with your friends most of the time I feel like even on jobs like you could be on the biggest job of the year and with the biggest artists but if you're not surrounded by good people or if you are surrounded like it makes such a big difference mm. like I've been on like the smallest job the smallest tv show but I was like with 20 of my closest friends we all had a giggle for 7 weeks and it was the best job I've ever done.
3: Yeah.
1: So I think it's the same when you go to class and you actually get to dance with your friends. Like, we don't get to do that often anymore so we go yeah. to class and I'm like oh my god Lisa and you're like ah dancing with my friends again. It feels yeah
2: weird. well I, fa- I found it quite weird. I went and did Sam Fleet's Um. well oh, yeah. b- before the world happened before everything press pause and I went in there where Ricky, Ricky Jinx was in there and I was like I didn't know hardly anyone in the room. First of all it was like okay yeah. I I'm now a granddad. Like I don't know anyone. (laughs) I'm so out of the loop. You know what I mean? You're like I don't know anyone. So I'd talk to Ricky and I'd be like messing around, and I'm not encouraging that. But to me, it was part of the social side of training. I'd have, I'd have a giggle and I'd nudge him and I'd make a little giggle and we'd joke and I'd look around and everyone's like dead serious training mode, which obviously is amazing. But I was like, yo, we need to be able to enjoy ourselves too. It's about being able to do both. And I was like, ooh, felt on eggshells.
1: Yeah, tense.
2: It's tense. It's but an again, like atmosphere. you
1: say, we're like different now because I guess 10 years ago we were like that. We were hungry. We were like, I want this, and now we're like chilled, you know, sitting back, having a cup of tea. <laughs>
2: yeah. I'm not doing warm up. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh my god, I definitely need to warm up.
2: Yeah, yeah. I've
1: given you a full yoga before I've listened to that studio. <laughs> Go back.
2: Um, yeah. So, Leanne, how did you get into dance? Like, what was the beginning for you? Have you done it since you were little?
1: I did it from the moment I could literally walk. My mum was sending me to baby ballet at the age of two. Oh,
3: snap. And I was like,
1: I know. I was really, really young. But it was that sort of Saturday class where, you know, where am I going to send my child to? And some of my friends were already going to dance class mm. um, at the time. So my mum was like, yeah, send and send Leanne. And, uh, and, and I loved it. And I just sort of grew up doing it as like a saturday and a thursday and I also did a lot more sports and then I think towards the age of maybe like 11 I then started to do it a lot more I enjoyed it a lot more I focused it I sort of um cancelled out all my other sports and I just focused it on 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 dance a lot more yeah. and then I obviously decided to moved to england to go to college at Mm sixteen and i got into lanes Mm -hmm. um and that's pretty much about it yeah i did i I did a lot when i was younger but it was was, your usual jazz ballet tap
2: what was the what was the goal like when you moved to lanes what were you moving there for what did you want to be
1: so uh so coming from a really small town in spain Mm -hmm. i came from folkirola um
2: Pardon? From where?
1: Frangirola friend, friend,
2: Frangirola, <laughs> nice
1: <laughs> Frangirola um, Most of, so there's, there's a lot of English people out there So mm. most of the girls I went to dance school I say dance school uh, Dance school when I was younger They would go to dance college, performers, lanes or wherever And they pretty much always do a cruise ship mm. And at the time when I was growing up in Spain I was like great, I'll go to dance college And then I'll get on a cruise ship I will travel the world, I'll get paid for it It's going to be the best thing ever because obviously that's all I really knew. Mm-hmm. And I remember being at college and I remember speaking to one of the girls and we didn't have any hip hop, we didn't have any commercial stuff at college whatsoever. It was just literally very technical jazz.
2: Mm. Jazz, um, Bob, Bob yeah, jazz,
1: 100% yes, which I love. Mm. Um, and i remember walking down with a girl um down the street on the way to college one day and she was asking me what i wanted to do and i said to her what do you want to do and she came back with i'm to be a commercial dancer i want to do commercial work and i was like what is that and um she explained you know music videos tours concerts tv work and i literally thought you can't earn money doing that (laughs) literally (laughs) like I thought there's no earnings in that and and then that's that's where I left it and I think towards the end of my third year I started to do a little bit more commercial you Mm. know like jazz funk Mm -hmm. and in
2: college or outside in college
1: in college we weren't really allowed to go outside and do classes which is weird right which is really weird I think I think I might have done a couple on a set, on a Saturday, but in Epsom, once you get to the weekend, your body's battered from mm. college, so you pretty much don't really want to dance. And obviously back then, all I was focusing on was cruise ships. Mm. So I, at the end of my third year, I started doing these commercial classes. Someone would come in, guest teacher, and one of them was like, you're quite good at it. And I thought, oh, I'm, you know, a bit of jazz funk. Like, you know, and I really enjoyed <laughs> like a... <laughs> it. Like, I don't know. as you know, a proper Mark funk, bash, like, <laughs> Yeah, something like that.
3: Yeah.
1: And I just literally thought, Oh, I quite enjoy this, you know, and then I started hearing, and then, so, so being in England, and then I started seeing, like, Top of the Pops, and, you know, all these other things, and there'll always be dancers on it, and I was like, okay, cool. Mm. Anyway, so I graduated from college, and I got a cruise ship, literally, as I was at college, I auditioned for a cruise ship, got it, within, like, five days, I was on, a, I was, like, in Miami rehearsing. Sick. So, mission got complete. my dream job. Mission Mission complete. complete was on this cruise ship for nine months and I absolutely hated my life. <laughs> <laughs> Mission complete, I'm on this ship and I hate it
3: for nine months. Why? Um,
1: Why? Why? I think it me? was, it wasn't for me. First of all, I think at the age of 19 and just having sort of been in London, um, I sort of like, um, I wasn't used to confined spaces mm. and, and then I guess the show, I guess I think actually towards the end when I was doing all this commercial work and then I got given loads of jazz work, which was amazing. And I still loved it. And that's what I sort of was trained in. Yeah, I don't think I was used to, I I couldn't, do the same shows every week for nine months yeah. i was getting really bored the repetition um, repetition yes 100 percent. i think my brain just sort of works a little bit more like i need to be challenged mm. and i didn't really realize that back then and now i know that i i like the the quickness of like changing routines and like you know picking up things so um i think it was just the repetition and the confined space Mm. So when I finished the cruise ship, I was like, right, I'm gonna move back to London. I'm gonna give it a go. So I moved back to London. But give. I
2: did you know that you were gonna give the commercial a go?
1: Yeah. <laughs> so by then I was thinking, well, what else am I gonna do? I'm not gonna do like I can't do another cruise ship. Like they offered me a couple of other contracts, like shorter ones, four, mm. or five months, and I was like. Or I could do, you know, just four or five months, just earn some more money. And I just thought, if I don't do this now, it's just gonna get later and later. Because they like, can be like, they
2: can be great money savers.
1: Hundred percent. And I didn't save one penny. Congrats. If anything, I came Congrats. back with less money. Congrats. I basically <laughs> spent all my money on like jet skiing, yeah. And Coronas, yeah, you're on 19. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I spent it all <laughs> so I came back. <laughs> and um I lived with my auntie and i was like right let's give this a proper go and sort of got some pictures done that i look back at now and i'm like oh my god i'm so gonna find them i'm gonna find them basically (laughs) back then you know where like um i mean i can send them to you but yeah they're bad but okay back then it was like you they i can't remember what it was called like studio something they advertise for a whole day where you're there different looks you I, I swear I swear I paid about four hundred pounds oh easy just done yeah easy because back then, like you had to have a Z card as well, yeah, you didn't have any of this like printing off and just come in with a loose picture. you had to have like a Z
2: card that's very so, musical theater-ish
1: as well yeah but no actually that was mainly commercial work. really in this, yeah in the z card you'd have like your main picture you'd have your name and then you'd have little pictures and then on the other side you'd have like your email your telephone number and all oh. these little details oh my god it's and so then, expensive but it was so expensive and now when i think back at it i was like i came off that cruise ship and i spent all my money on the z card yeah. <laughs>
2: 400 quid for pictures and to print them where you just leave them at an audition and you never see them again. Yeah,
1: exactly, yeah. Um, So I got back, got some pictures done and I remember my friend Shanad. So Shanad Gregory, well, she, of course, she stayed in London for the year um, that I was away. Mm. And so by the time I got back, she sort of filled me in with... um, what was, like what auditions to go to, like what I needed to do, da-da-da. And I remember um, she was like, there's this agency audition and it was for Dance and hmm And i i sort of went on their website and there was a lot of like cool people on there i was like okay well i, I need to get on this <laughs> cool
2: it's cool on. people
1: cool people that I've seen in like perhaps music videos yeah and stuff. so i was like okay i need to go to this to this edition and it said bring heels babe i wore you do remember those um <laughs> those nike tracksuit bottoms yeah and they were like like gray black babe i wore them in red bike right? because i had red <laughs> nike buttons. And they said bring heels so basically i bought my character shoes <laughs> and i wore this white vest with a bikini underneath because obviously i just spent nine months on a cruise ship with a bikini on so like, yeah it's cool I'm normal
2: you've <laughs> got a tan <laughs>
1: Yeah, so I wore this white vest, Nike, red tracksuit bottoms, and my character, character shoes. shoes. When I walked into that audition, and again, like, you can imagine, like, a commercial audition, people were in bikinis, they're, like, high-waisted, like, just looking really cool and really... Yeah,
2: I'm imagining you next to, like, hot. Dominique Tipper and Keeley Dan, oh and, like, d- do you know what I mean?
1: I mean, it's more like Dominique Dominique Tipper and like Layla when she was dancing and like Welly. So those kind of girls. And obviously, Keely's like like more my generation, but I remember I walked in and I was like, I'm so out of my depth here. (laughs) I was like, I'm embarrassed to put my character shoes on. And then the routine that they gave me, that they gave us, I was like, "Um, my body was just not moving like that. It was just not moving. Mm. Um, And I walked away from that audition and I said, and I I was like, "What classes do I need to get to? What do I need to like?" So, did you I get, get that audition or no? No, no, no. And to be honest, <laughs> without <laughs> calling them out, I'm still not on their books. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> four, I think I've auditioned for them three times, I'm or dead. four times, and I'm still not on their books. <laughs> I'm
2: Dead. I had, Chris <laughs> on, I had Chris on last week. I'll send him an email for you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Please do. But I have worked for them, like if choreographers have sort of requested me I've worked for them yeah but <laughs>
3: i <I'm> just... <laughs>
2: bizarre. Bizarre.
1: bizarre you know 13 years later bizarre. The book. <laughs> Maybe. remind um,
2: them of that audition they'll go oh
1: yeah, yeah we'll do <laughs> yeah. um and then sort of like what classes to get to and I think back then it was like rudai mm-hmm. Mark Batchhaw was like in full force, like yeah. everyone was there. Um God, what else did I go to? I think I tempted oh, Ashley I was teaching. So mm. I was doing I was definitely doing Ashley's on the Tuesday, which was Sean's slot now. And but again, all of that stuff, my body just wasn't moving like that. It wasn't and even also like timing wise, like I remember Sean Niles covered for Ashley once. Mm. Well, back then I have no idea what he was listening to, like, (laughs) my ear. All they would really taught us at college was five, six, seven, eight. Mm, counts. One to eight, counts. Um, So when it was going to these classes, I was like, wow, okay, I'm going to have to really learn to, like, train my ear again. And um, anyway, I remember, I, I think I might have, like, seen Dance to Excess, but I was scared to go to it because I remember Cisco from seeing him and like Charlotte Church's new video, um, mm. call, call my name or something. Yeah. And I just remember always seeing like the Afro and I was like, Oh my God, that's Cisco. Like the class is like, really, and, like...
2: and his persona yeah, at the time.
1: Yeah. Like... At the time I was like, Oh God, like it's I'd Cisco. love to do it, but I don't think I'm ready for it. Anyway. So, um, also back then, um, you didn't really have social media, so you didn't have, you know um what classes are going on what auditionings are happening so you'd have the board at pineapple and i'd go to the board and be like i like that i like
2: their picture (laughs) yeah
1: i like their picture i like that class or and basically there was this class that was going on by an american choreographer he's coming over he's you know, teaching for two excess, and then there'll uh, be like a, an audition after. But you don't have to say for the audition, and you automatically hear like American choreographer. I'm in, like, yeah. oh my god, he's gonna be sick, and it was Patrick Chen. Yeah. so he came over and he taught this class and I went to it and by then I was like okay I can still wear my red joggers but mm. I'll just wear it with my converse and I'll just wear a t-shirt mm. and I did this um workshop and it was okay like as in I was okay I was like okay I couldn't understand like my musicality is not amazing but mm. I sort of understand what he's going and you know It was great. Mm. I think he taught, like, I remember something like Icebox or whatever it is. (laughs) Yeah. Omari and Icebox. (laughs) Something like that. And I just remember that routine just always being in my head from that day. And then they were like, you can change. You can stay if you want to audition or you don't have to. And I remember just thinking, oh, I'm here now. I might as well just stay. Mm. And I stayed. And Cisco taught this routine. And it was so full out. And somehow I got in, and I got into two excess.
2: Oh, sick.
1: Yeah, I literally Just on like, a whim, without even knowing you. Just on a whim. You're... Yeah, I just thought, okay, I've just got into two excess. And I remember walking away, it just goes like, you guys are in. And I remember walking away, and it was like, Elana was in my in, in my mm. sort of year. Rebby had already been training with them, but she, I think she got in the year before me. Mm. Um, um, but I remember walking away and I remember calling my best mate and we'd all heard of 2 Excess and I was like, so I've just gotten to dance To Excess. And they were like, that's amazing. I was like, I just don't know what I've got myself into, but sure, I'm here for it. Yeah. I need to train. I want to do it. So from then on, it was just sort of like, just training hard with them. Real training uh, that was. Like real training. Like that was, like we was would intense. Do, yeah. Like you, like, what we would do what four or five hours on a Sunday.
2: Mm. I only did Sundays.
1: Oh, you only did Sundays. And yeah. then on Thursdays we would do perhaps like two to three hours. But what they would also say is basically, so they've got, they had classes on the Tuesday and the Thursday. Mm. So they would like, you could also recap on the Tuesday and the Thursday. Um, and then basically if you went to rehearsals on a Sunday, you would, you'd be expected to know those routines that you've taught on a Thursday. So if you haven't been there on a Thursday, it meant that you had to catch up somehow. Mm,
2: somehow. Right?
1: Do Yeah, Monday, yeah.
2: Like... Well, I only did Sundays. So for me, every week was a catch up. That's oh why I didn't God. last that long because I would travel up from Cardiff yeah. on the Megabus for four hours, get there and everyone's going through the combos and I'd be outside to like Karim <laughs> or Glenn Hudson like, like uh... trying, to, trying to copy yeah. what they're doing.
1: So, um, yeah. And that was just hard, hard training, wasn't it? And... Mm. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I mean, there's many days I came home crying. Well, it's part of of the package. Part of the package, you know, they're really pushing you and they really did push us.
2: It was with the right intentions, you know, they just want, uh, and now, and now we really see that. Because if you actually look at everyone that left their training, left at a very high standard, there's no one that was bad. There was no one that was bad.
1: Because you've got like, Robbie, you've got Abby, Randall,
2: So many. Did Theo do 2 access for a bit? Like
1: Theo was David Ratcliffe,
2: Elliot Bodman.
1: Yes. Glenn Hudson. And then you've got Jason, Jonathan. Jonathan, Remy. Yep, Remy. Again, like you said, all with good intention. Like, it was hard. Um, Stephen Aspinall. Yeah, Stephen. Tally must have been in it before me. Sean Niles was in it before me. Mm.
2: Well, John and Um, Ema originally. They taught yeah. it when I was there, but
1: Yeah, they taught when I was there. And funny, like Ema posted a video yesterday of um Desperate Housewives.
3: Yeah.
1: And I mean Ema was a big part of my training. Even when I wasn't doing too excess, I would always go to Ema's classes. Mm. i always really do recommend like people get to Ema's classes. And even John, John was a big part of my training as well. Mm. Like and even John, when I went to John's classes, I was like, what the hell are you hearing?
2: But it's like, mad. It's, it's crazy to me that you were like, that you said that you never heard music naturally. Because when I first met you, that's kind of what like, I knew you for. Like, I knew you as like killing Nick DeMora's combos. Like, yeah,
1: but that took me a while. That t- you know how that even happened, right? So i had been into excess What? maybe like two years Mm. and then the girls were going to la they'd always spoken spoken about la how amazing it was and i was like i really want to go like i think it'll be really good for me i took up i took out a bank loan (laughs) right back then i was like if i could just get together like two grand i'm gonna go to la for a month right so i went to the bank and i was like i want a bank loan right i took out this bank loan i think it was like two and a half grand and i went to la and It was, even Cisco was there. It was, like, there was, like, a couple of classes where once Cisco, because Cisco had come, like, two, three weeks after I'd got there.
3: Mm. Cisco
1: had got there, and he saw me in the class, and he was, like, wow, like, you've really changed. Mm. And I don't know whether there was, like, a turning point in L.A. that, like, it just, I just understood it more, or I Mm. just, like, I remember I was doing, like, Tucker's classes and Nick's, and I just, like, was like, okay, I get it, I understand it. It wasn't totally in my body yet, but I understand the musicality. And Mm. it it just sort of like meant that I had to like process what was going in here to like what was happening here. Yeah. And then when I got back, like everyone into excess was like, wow, you really changed. So it was just like a weird turning point. And then I remember Nick Zamora kept coming over to do, um, he did these workshops and there was just this one day and i was like i want to dance like nick demora <laughs> That's yeah, I, want to <laughs> I literally was like i want to dance like nick demora and then i just like i don't know what happened i just like
2: because you embodied it like you you did it so well and at the time not many people did
1: yeah maybe here, yeah. not many
2: people here did it yeah well like you know what i mean and i remember at the time yeah. seeing you doing it and like and I, there's a video on youtube of you and in nick demora's class from like 2009 I think. Oh, yeah. is
1: that the one where it's just me and him? Yeah. And I yeah, remember yeah, being
2: yeah. like, that's the girl from the job. Oh, she's killing it. Like, before, like, I really knew you.
1: Oh, my and God. That's, that's, my, like...
2: but that's my memory of you. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? From when I first met. So I can't even imagine you being like, I don't get it.
1: <laughs> you know, when I see videos back, like, I think, like, Cisco was like, you were always really good at picking up things. Mm. He's like, so use that as an advantage. Like... So Mm. steps I would like pick up. It was just always the timing that I just couldn't like hear or figure out. Mm. Um, But so before all of that, that video, that's, that's sort of like the journey that I was like sort of quite lost in getting to that point. Um, But yeah, I literally was like, I want to be Nick tomorrow. And then I started wearing my skinny jeans to class.
2: (laughs) And and a van, (laughs) a
1: Converse. uh, A Converse, a low V, you know, and I was like. From, From
2: American Apparel.
1: Yeah, yeah, basically, <laughs> I had them in all the different
2: colors. Yeah. yeah, I was that person. Yeah, it's crazy. Like such a, such a crazy journey because I feel like I've known you from the beginning of your like working career. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like my yeah. first job with you was Royal Variety Show and just you telling her I'm in dance success to do this and that kind of set my goals like oh I want to do yeah. what she does because she's really cool. Um, what was your first like big break besides the cruise ships? Like your break into the commercial world after your atrocious audition for Dancers Inc.
1: So <laughs> my first big big job was X Factor for Brian.
2: Casual? as you Casual,
1: do as you do that was my first like mm-hmm. i mean even like auditioning and stuff like even though i did george samson with you i mean jobs were far and like they weren't you know regular right no i had like a call center job i was working at a bar like mm. and still trying to make class like I, I i struggled for a good you know year and a half to like crafting mm. and i then my first job was brian I did X Factor. And I only really got to do one week that year. And then after that, I basically got the tour. Mm. Did I get the tour? That It might have been that year. No, it was the year after I got the tour. 2010? 2010. Um, 2010, yes. And so, yeah, so 2009 would have been my first X Factor. And it mm. was the first one with Brian and... Yeah it was like intense but I loved it Mm. and um, I think that's that's what I love about Brian is the fact that he will give the opportunity to the young people if you can see some sort of if he sees the like the potential he would definitely you know give it a go. Yeah
2: and that then was like the job.
1: Back then, yeah, you only had, like, maybe, like, four dancers on the show. You had, mm. like, maybe, like, four girls and six boys. Or you had, like, you know, what, like, six girls and no boys. So mm. back then, if you got X Factor, it was, like, wow. Yeah, and it every was... week, you would wait for that message. And you'd be, like, waiting for that message. Oh, my God, did you get that message? Did you get that message? Yeah, But it was, was. amazing. And especially, like, back then, Brian did that all. So he was doing the creative the choreography and you know, holding the rehearsals.
2: Yeah. because so, my first year was two thousand well, I think it was two thousand ten or two thousand eleven, I don't know, but he had Cisco, Ashley, Kim.
1: Got it. I think that's two thousand and eleven.
2: That was my first year and I did the semi in the final with him. Nice. So it was like yeah. one direction year. Yes. Shit, Age, Lord, yeah.
1: I, I was already on J Less by then, so I think that's two thousand and eleven.
2: Mm. Like I remember that, and even then, just being like, "Yo, this guy's a genius."
1: I know he's amazing. He sees everything. He'd literally be like say, so "He's just like, they're on the wrong foot." Yeah, yeah. But yeah. They got the wrong timing. Yeah, him not to do that again. <laughs> talent to change the,
2: <laughs> the fourth count on the second day. Change that. Yeah. How did he see? But
1: that? you know what? Those X Factor years were intense. Like
2: they they prepared you know. me for. Oh my god! Like for the nothing was as hard after that. Nothing felt yeah. as much pressure after that. Do you Whoa. know what I
1: mean? Like there would be some days that we would still be on stage at seven thirty, knowing that the show starts at eight thirty, still on stage at seven thirty, and he's going, Right, we're gonna I can't do that. <laughs> no, like, commit, no, no, no. no, bad. But he like, Right, we're gonna we're gonna change a choreo and he'd be like five, six and you're seven thirty, the hair and styling team are like, We need to get them into hair and costume and you're on stage, like and he's like, Then you guys reverse it and you're like, Fuck, I'm reversing a whole chorus.
2: Yeah, I remember and him I remember vacation. him making a number on stage from and he had his arm in a sling because he just had surgery oh, yeah. and he made a number on stage sat in Simon's chair behind the judges thing going so everyone start on the edge of the stage, you're going to do a bridge and you're going to walk in a bridge oh, for two eights back. And he made up an entire number from being sat down and giving us instructions. Like and like, just like this, giving you instructions. And if you didn't get it, he'd give you the look. And you know, you can feel yourself. Like, you can feel that, like, they're like laser beams. And if <laughs> yeah. his head comes your way, I was like this.
3: I'm trying. <laughs> like, you know. Oh, no.
2: But it did. It, it That pressure wow. was, it felt more pressure to get it right in a rehearsal than yeah. it did to even get it right on the show.
1: Because I think he'd be there and he'd be like, why haven't they not got it? And you're like, oh. <laughs> I he did. Mean, literally, be <laughs> like, They've had all day, why have they not got it? So <laughs> You'd be like,
2: like, I don't know, not <laughs> try
1: <it>. but <laughs> don't you, a
2: lot of numbers. But don't you think 2XS prepared us for that?
1: Oh my God, 100%. That's the thing you knew, as soon as you got on the show, you knew who was cracking and who wasn't. Like, yeah,
2: because I remember like, everyone that hadn't had a really established career already, so if it wasn't for like a Jenny Griffin, if it was someone who was yeah. new and hadn't had our 2XS experience, it, it showed do you know what i mean oh, like the changes yeah. the quick changes and the no yeah. change that number you could see their brains frying and we're like it's okay we can do this we do this every
1: sunday like yeah we do this every sunday we reverse it every sunday we know what we're doing no 100 percent, yes
2: and i appreciated that after yes. i understood all the reasons why we went through that training
1: yeah
2: um what was it like doing your first tour
1: well you know what i actually okay so my first tour i got injured after the first week so I couldn't really call that at all. It that was X Factor. And I dislocated my my shoulder on stage. Nice, how? I basically, <laughs> me and Jenny Griffin, dancing for Jedward, had to do... Uh, of course it was pressure. for them.
3: Of course it was for
1: them. <laughs> 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 under pressure. Course. Me and Jenny had to do this um, alpha. Uh, yeah. Literally just like one. one no, I think probably like, I reckon it was just one. Mm. But I have back then... I had very weak shoulders. Um, I sort of grew up a bit hunched, mm. so I just didn't have the strength around my shoulder blades. And I went back, and it popped out. Ooh. But I didn't know it popped out. I like I went and I came back, and I was like I couldn't breathe. I literally was like, oh my god, I was gasping for air. Mm. I came off stage, and I was like, oh my god, my shoulder felt really hollow. Yeah. And I was like, sort of like, oh god. Did it? I've really, I've had shoulder injuries. Like they always feel tired anyway. So I was like, it's probably just really tired. I went back on stage and I threw my arm, and I felt like it might have done it again. Because then I literally came off stage and I threw myself on the floor and I couldn't breathe. Mm. Got sent to A and E straight away. They're like, you've dislocated it, tore my muscle. So I didn't get to finish tour.
2: That sucks.
1: (laughs) Sucks. Um, So I did my first tour. I did one week, and then I didn't finish it. But then that same year, I did JLS. Mm-hmm. By the end of the year, and that was just amazing. It was amazing. It was dancing that I really enjoyed. The music was amazing. The team was amazing. I then had like, you know, Jack was doing it. Christian Goka, so yeah. he's like an old. He's like an older generation, so he sort of like, you know, we could look up to him and mm. and yes, actually, <laughs> <a> <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah that one was just amazing and Mm. we did what four or five months and then we did the stadium tour in the summer but just again being on stage every night you know like what you dream of like Mm. we go to class every sunday we're like killing ourselves in these classes and working a call center job and working a bar job and then being on stage getting to do it every night i was like oh
3: this
2: Mm. good. and i remember the like those tours especially the jls ones and i remember for me that was like if you it was like x factor doing the weeks was the pinnacle yeah. and then it was like jls tour i remember yeah. being like oh, i want to do jls tour like leon petit choreographed it. i was like yeah. it's like it's very manly choreography i was yeah. like do you know what I mean i was like oh that and that felt more like me i remember watching always be like oh yeah. that's that's the dopest and all the dancers that were on it were all people that i really looked up to yeah. and what i liked about it is that it was different generations on the same job yeah you know what I mean? And that's like, even when it was like, when Richie did it, there was still a different generation on it. You still yeah. had like a, a Dax and there was different generations on the same job. And I always kind of liked that, that it wasn't just, we're just using our peeps.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that one was a fun one. I love that one. As a first tour, I'm, yeah, it was mm,
2: good. It was. So you had, a, you had a, we had a kind of a similar path. We both kind of went to yeah. LA around the same time.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, I think you went like a few months before me yes uh, what was your reason for going to LA
1: um I'd I think once I got back to the UK after sort of my cruise ship and then mm. sort of training in the commercial industry um you know by then now you're interested in like Justin Timberlake tours that you see mm. all of that you know my love um <laughs> generation and then you you watching loads of Janet and then I sort of really got interested in in that, I want. I basically then wanted to do all the commercial stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'd always said I'd wanted to do it, and most of the time, if I say I want to do something, I pretty much will like. I'll, I'll dedicate my heart to doing it. Mm-hmm. So actually, while I was doing JLS, is when I sort of started it. Mm-hmm. So I. Basically, I remember like contacting Jerry at the time, and Jerry, I was like, "Look, have you got any contacts in LA? I'm thinking of getting my visa." And he was like, "Look, if you've been really serious about it, of course I can give you some contacts out there." Mm-hmm. He got me in touch with Block at the time, mm-hmm. and and then I was like, "Then I started to sort of gather all like my paperwork." and Anyway, so I ended up didn't really actually get my visa till properly like I didn't get approved till two years after I sort of decided. Mm. i i wanted to do it two mm-hmm. three years um but by the time i actually got it i actually was sort of getting quite established here yeah and because it took me so much to to get established here and like to be able to quit my call center job and my bar job I then had the realisation of, like, having to move to L.A. was going to be another commitment, another new beginning.
2: A restart.
1: A restart, which, you know, I'd already done that here. I was like, oh, okay. But by the time I got my visa, I was like, well, I've got to do it. Do you know what I mean? It's here. I've got to do it. So I could only say that I've lived there very loosely for, what, a year and a half? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Because by then I was there and then my agent would be like, Jerry would be like, do you want to come back and do... Katie Perry, Nicole Scherzinger and stuff that auditions were happening there. Like he was like, would you want to come back and do it? And I was like, well, why wouldn't I not want to do it? So yeah. Why why audition here
2: for the job, but say no to it there when it's getting given
1: to me. Exactly. So I think, I think I just didn't really fully commit myself. Like, you know, you have to really fully commit yourself. Mm -hmm. So I. You have to be
2: there. Like, yeah.
1: 100% 100% so I gave it like a year and a half my heart was still here and then sort of like other things were creeping in with like you know way of life and mm. you know I had a boyfriend at the time so it was just a lot of readjusting mm. and but yeah that's probably about the story about LA yeah I
2: mean it's quite difficult wasn't it because like we were yeah. there at the same time and we were yeah. both kind of working a lot in the UK and we went there and yeah. I remember I remember us both be like yeah what do we do like we take yeah, exactly. besides besides taking class and going on a hike and taking a yoga class like the, the, there wasn't the work it wasn't we yeah. weren't getting the work like we were at home like it was there 100%. but it's it's just it was so hard to get a hold of the quality of work yeah. that we were doing because there's so many other people that's what I found like even when I got jobs it wasn't like there was a few which were like fantastic but it wasn't as regular as it was when I was in
1: at home 100% yeah like all the big jobs that were like I still felt inspired here moving there I didn't really want like I didn't really want to do the fashion shows I didn't really want to do the Mm. like corporates I was like I've done the bigger shows in England I'm going to stay on that Mm. so like you said like the the quality of the shows like as in like how often they came they weren't as regular because we probably would have had
2: to stick there for another two three years to get to the same level as we were what was it like coming home did you feel pressure when you came home
1: i did 100% and also
2: i felt the same thing when i come home i kept thinking yeah. everyone's asking why is he home
1: yeah exactly and also i think for my own for me as well and i've got over it now i felt like i'd failed mm. and that's just like you know being having like a strong mentality like you know when you go then you're like I'm going to make it and then you like suddenly you don't and you've made a decision being okay with that was like at the beginning why right then like I came home, Rebby went. Mm. Then Rebby was, like, booking Rihanna and stuff like that. And, like, I was so happy for her. But there was always this part of me inside that was like, oh, what if I just stuck it out for a little bit longer? Yeah. But I just knew I wasn't happy. Mm. But I just had to, like, forgive myself and just be able to move on and think that wasn't a failure. It was just a journey that perhaps wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. And it was weird because when I came home, then I started getting asked for then Jay started asking me to assist him. Mm. So it's weird because then I came home and then I started assisting. So even though maybe I wasn't ready for it at the time,
3: mm.
1: now I really appreciate the fact that he did sort of take me under his wing. Yeah, you know, it wasn't often, but I felt like that perhaps maybe was my journey. The fact that I came home early and then started assisting at the age of 16. Yeah. 26.
3: You'd
2: leveled up, I guess. Like, yeah. you mean you'd gone from the dancer to the, go up a level to the assistant yeah
1: so maybe that was just my path but it definitely was a lot of pressure mm. and you know I guess it's annoying because you're like I don't care what you think it was just more like for yourself you yeah. should have it's just been okay with the fact that yeah it just didn't happen
2: yeah I, I had it too massively I remember like when I decided I was gonna come home it was because of Mikey Frome and he, I was like we were at the table and I was like Yo, I'm so happy and he was like Why are you going back then? And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, and it took someone to, and obviously I'd lost my brother. So I'd had loads of tragic things, but my heart was to still go back. You know what yeah. I mean because I was like but if I just stick a little longer like I got I, I got direct book for Chris Brown but I said no to it because I was already on a job and I was like all these moments which I was so close to achieving that mm. thing and I still now I have that oh if I'd stayed there another week if I'd give it another yeah. option if I would just changed one decision like maybe everything would be different and I, I know we can't live like that and I'm very happy with how everything's turned out beyond happy and as I'm sure you are too but it is hard because I always for the first six months of coming home all everyone asked was what's la like how is la no, no. And no one asked yeah. no one asked how are you yeah how are you feeling are you happy yeah. at home everyone just wanted to know about what it was like there or why i'm yeah, why yeah or why i'm home they never asked how we or how i was yeah and that's something that i really found hard at first because I was like yo everyone just wants to know what jobs i did or what classes yeah. i took no one wants to know how I am Whoa. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what you're really going through. Yeah.
2: And that, that was a weird one. I really struggled with that for quite a while. What was it yeah. like? What was it like going to be an assistant from a dancer? Was that a complete different perspective on
1: um, your 100%, job? Um, 100%, 100 because especially as well, I think I wasn't ready to just assist. I knew I always wanted to do it, but it wasn't something that was sort of like at the, on the radar at the age of like 25, like 26. Hmm. And it was hard. I remember, the one, I remember one of the first jobs and Jay left me on one of the days and I had no idea how to assist. Like, I just didn't know how to, I didn't even know how to run a rehearsal like on my own. Mm. And it was basically Crepton Conan and it was like 20 lads, right? Nice. You had Jackson, you yeah. had Ross, you had Callum, you had Jared. Like, it was lads, right? <laughs> and Jay had to leave me one of the days and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. He's like, yeah, do this and do that. And then we'll do that. And then I'll fix it, you know, when I come back in. Yeah. And, and I just remember, I was like, I have no idea what I am doing. (laughs) Like, I just didn't know how to lead rehearsal. I just, just like lost. I bless the boys. Like the boys were like great because they obviously helped me out and, you know, whatever. But it was, um, It was, yeah, it was just readjusting and just trying to think that one step ahead of Mm. the dancer, basically, when you're assisting. Um, But also what did happen as well, which was sort of like a bit annoying, is the fact that then I started assisting quite a bit, that then I wasn't dancing. Mm. So that sort of like took me down a weird path because I wasn't ready to give up dancing, but people just thought I wasn't dancing anymore. Mm. Um, but now I'm still able to do, like, my big jobs. Yeah. And still assist. Which, which is
2: too. dope. You get the best of both worlds.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, are there... Now you're on the other side. Are there things yeah. that you see dancers doing which you're like, what are you doing that you would never have noticed before? Uh,
1: oh, 100%. Yeah, Like 100%. Like, like
2: what? Because I guess until you're the other side, you wouldn't know. But when you're a dancer, I guess you're just going about your business and about your day.
1: Um... Okay, so I'd probably say, like, make sure... First of all, it's, like, energy in the room. Mm. Like, you know when you're in rehearsal, you might have, that might not be your favourite job. Mm. That might not be a job that, you know, is number one on your list, but you've agreed to do the job. Mm. So just make sure, I think, like, be there and be present. Mm. You want to be there. Like, you know how people sort of say, like, I'd rather have someone that's, like probably not as talented but really wants to be there and really wants to learn mm. than someone that's super talented but just doesn't give a fuck mm. like you're mm. probably going to want to choose the other person so i think always just be like just make sure you bring some good energy to those rehearsals like yeah so it just makes it fun yeah yeah um what else i'd probably say you know like auditions as soon as you walk into that room, people are judging you. Yeah. Let's be honest. We all know yeah, that. <laughs> that's
2: the point of it, right?
1: That is the point of it. Like whether you're sat in the corner or not, people are already talking about you. Mm.
2: Um, don't wow. don't don't wear character shoes and red joggers. Do
1: not wear character <laughs> <laughs> shoes and joggers and vests and <laughs> yeah. Um, what, what else would I say? And also, just make sure you treat yourself like a business. Like get back to your emails. You know, reply to your agents. Like, get there on time. It's but, those are just like minimal things, but people do forget that. People just count like one to eight. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like, if you're not getting back to your emails and like no one's hearing from you, you're like, would they don't want to be on the job? And then yeah. that already puts a bad taste in your mouth for the next job because they're like, well, they're not really professional. So, yeah. and I think people forget that. People just think that like, from, if I can get from A to B from in the routine, I'll be fine. Yeah. But there's this all this other part that I think
2: yeah. people need to just sort of be aware of. Well, it's being a being a smart dancer is more beneficial than 100%. being a, than being a dope dancer. Yeah. And I feel 100%. like I, I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if that gets taught a lot. I don't know where people learn that. I guess you don't yeah. learn you don't learn that in class. Like,
1: well, that's you don't... the thing. We all us oldies really. Um, <laughs> we have like mothers' <laughs> meet and <now> we're like. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just think it's important, like when we did jobs back in the day for example like I would if I when I did my first job with Brian I'd be like one and then you have like the Laylas the Doms the Jennies. so then you'd have like the one or two new people and then you'd have like all these like old school dancers and you'd get there and you'd have to pull up you're like well what are they what are they doing and then what am I not doing I need to be better at this or my performance needs to be better. Mm. So you'd always have to like pull up to their standard. Mm. Whereas I feel like sometimes, and this is, I just don't think like it happens. Being on jobs now is, they might have like a brand new cast of all young dancers because they're really talented, but no one's setting the standard. No one's setting the standard of, of of professionalism. So you get all these dancers, one of them comes late, then the other one comes mm. late and then it just becomes everyone's late and no one's been like, dude, we're already warming up because no one's set the standard. Mm. So um, no, yeah, again, like you said, no, one's really teaching it. So I think people just need to be aware when they're in jobs, like, who's the one that's booking? Like, mm. who's the one that carries on working? Whether they're 31, whether they're, like, 25. Mm. Why are they still booking? Because they're a lot more professional than you. So you have to sort of be aware of, like... Yeah. ...that, I guess. That,
2: uh, Like, I think I was really fortunate that when I... St- like on a on a first, but yeah, Ashley, yes,
3: standard. <laughs> baby,
2: get it? Uh, when when like my obviously my first job with you guys, raw variety, I was around like you, yeah. Jeff, and I, I just copied as I what I saw everyone else doing. Do you know what I mean? I was just like, what time do you get there tomorrow? And everyone would go, we're going to get there yeah. at eight thirty to not to start at nine, and I would just go, okay, yeah. well, we're going to get there we're then. That, I was never yeah. afraid to ask what the people above me were going to do, and that's kind of yeah. how I learned. And then when I did my first tour, it was with Pete Francis. A.K. Pete Styles, Jeanette Floziak and Jeanette Taylor. Like, and oh, I was,
1: which one was
2: that one? Uh, Same Difference Tour. Oh,
1: my God, I remember that, yes. <laughs> From
2: Glen Ball booked Me. And I remember being with all them who were all 10 years older than me.
1: Yeah. I, was,
2: I was still in college. And literally, like, I was like, I can do the choreography. I can do the flips. I can do all this. And I, li- I got a grill in. On the first week, like I didn't know what presets were. I didn't think about warming oh, really? up. I didn't think yeah. about tidying up my mess. I didn't think about tidying my dressing room, like because it's just stuff which had never been taught to me. So I got a quick learn on a job. Like do you mean? Yeah. I, I, my And my entire kind of career was like learn on the go. Like and that's the thing. Being like, around people above me. Yeah. Always.
1: And I also think that that's just like even now I say it like you know I'm what thirty plus. I think it's just important to just like always just wanting to learn and just be an open book like Mm. never just say that you've you you know everything like even now i still watch young dancers and i'm learning from them so i just feel like when you're coming into the industry just make sure like just want to be there and wanted to learn never just like think that you know Mm. i'm the best dancer it's just like you know just be a student of life i think
3: yeah
2: definitely Yeah. And how you, I guess, how you carry yourself when you're not doing the steps is probably more important than what it's like when you're doing the steps.
1: Yeah.
2: Like the simpler stuff. And it took me a long time to figure that out. Do you know what I mean? Learn on the go. Um, This is going to kick us off in two minutes. So uh, what advice would you give to someone coming into the industry right now? Uh, Once the lockdown is released and we're allowed to go back to normality.
1: Oh, God, what do I say? Um... Get to class. <laughs> get fit. <laughs> get, get, to fit.
2: The, get to the right
1: classes. <laughs> get to the right classes and um, train on yourself. Don't 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 be bothered with what other people are doing. Just make sure you protect you know what you're doing and you know wanting to learn and focus on yourself. Watch other people to see what they're doing, but um, don't get too involved in what other people are doing. Just make sure you're learning. Yeah and setting your own standard.
2: Perfect. Set your own standard. I like that.
1: I like that. Set, like that. Standard, set the yeah. standard babe. <laughs> 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 I just <come laughs> up with that one. I'm taking that one. Yeah, <laughs> anyway. yeah me mate. Yeah, set your
2: own standards. <laughs> <laughs> but they've got to be high. Yeah.
1: They've got to be high. Yeah.
2: No low ones. <laughs> yeah. Um thank you so much. This was amazing. Thank you thank for coming you for on. Having me. Finally. It's okay. We'll definitely do a part 2 in a few yeah. months and
1: have 100%. a little catch up again
2: and hopefully I'll see you soon because it has been like years
1: <laughs> yeah it's been ages when we see each other in class we're always like oh my god
2: i know well i feel like ages. that i'm like that whenever i go to class everyone's like oh my god he's back from the dead like <laughs> <laughs>
1: you're like Just, no i've been back in you know, yeah, the uk yeah. for a while now how long have you been back now
0: five years
1: in five years you've been back in the uk yeah that's gone so quick
2: so quick but i have been on tour for th- four
1: Oh, oh yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's
2: why I'm, everyone's like, I've not seen you because I've not done our yeah. our world, been doing Strip life. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> stripper life, try, trying to get that cone, being a dirty boy.
1: Set your standards.
2: Set <laughs> the standard. Yeah, coins. got a place. All okay, right. and congrats on your place.
3: Ah, oh, thank you very
2: much. I haven't even seen you since. Congrats. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> no. you. Um, this has been amazing. Thank you so much. And I hope to Thanks see you soon. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to the Ins and Outs podcast. Please leave us a rating and review on iTunes and share the podcast with your friends and family. And please don't be afraid to message us via Instagram. Let us know what you think. Let us know who you want to hear from. Tell me who has inspired you. I want to communicate with you guys. Thanks for all your support. Stay safe. Bye.